Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the I'll Be Back podcast. This week, we are joined by, I think, officially our most recurring guest. Um, I think you and DiCarlo were tied, but I think you you are one or two above him now. Um, Andy Carl, Andy of the Tough Fund, uh, Temple alum extraordinaire. Uh, Andy, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me. Always, uh, always nice to be on the I'll Be Back podcast. Um, this week, I think this is like the third of the last four episodes. I'm down in the shore vacationing and enjoying the last few weeks of my summer before the kids come back at school. The, the life <laughs> of a teacher, man. <laughs> um, so I'm having a downy cider and just hanging. Um, Andy, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, I think you've had a busy week or, or two as well. You did the the Zoom call about two weeks ago, 10 days ago. And then yesterday you did um, Al Scoop's podcast with the Seer Miller. Um, so Make sure you guys check that out as well. Um, Andy, let's talk about that Zoom call that you did. And I think, you know, for those who um, weren't on it, uh, you know, it was a little bit of eye opening and a a rude awakening for some who didn't realize how far behind. Um, And I had Dave Gerson on as well. And it was just like, why was now the time to kind of talk about that and take some action? Well, I think through several conversations back and forth between us and key constituents uh, from uh, alumni that are participatory and engaged, um, and, and the athletic department and, uh, the out club and institutional advancement, there were a lot of things batted back and forth on what they were open to doing, not open to doing. Um, and it was kind of landed on, on, on this type of event, uh, an information session. And, uh, so that's kind of how it came about. Um, uh, Michael Gaines, who is a member of the, uh, I guess it would be like this Northern California Alumni Association also does consulting work and strategic planning and, and was working in tandem with the athletic department, but also had reached out to me and, and understands the necessity for NIL and, and how important it is in today's landscape and wanted to do something and, and what eventually was digested and 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 put together was an information session that included the owl club um and nil discussion um and i think you know obviously the tough fun is synonymous with nil at, at temple because it is the only entity that that is that is geared towards it and so um uh they 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 asked me to to be on a panel to discuss exactly what it is and and give some stark realities um, to to where we sit. Um, I think there was some information that was provided by the athletic department uh, that was eye-opening for a lot of folks. Not necessarily me, because I kind of it emulates and mirrors the same uh, stark reality that that we have as a NIL collective. And so um, there's been some interesting discussions. Uh, afterwards on on where we are and where we need to go and and if we don't go there what happens and and so I'm hoping that it's the first of several steps that we take to modernize athletics at Temple. Yeah and uh, I think uh, you know it was good to get in front of it now instead of just kind of let it keep lingering whether it was on your side or the out club side um, just kind of that you know lack of awareness lack of contributions um, and try to get, you know, more buzz for both of those things and keep it going and try to make Temple as good as we can make it. And I know you said it on that Zoom call, like we're all fans of Temple. We want this school to succeed. We all represent the T. 
Um, and we want, we should all want to make us look better and make our, you know, the degree that we have be as, you know, uh, empowering as it can be. Um, for you after that, you know, leading, you said there was some, you know, conversations since then, did you guys see like an uptick in donations, you know, between, you know, after that and a little bit, any kind of, we, we saw a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I think there was some interest. I think, you know, it's, it's twofold, you know, you, you kind of said to get in front of it. Let's not forget that NIL has been legalized across the country um, for over 24 months. So for us to have a first Zoom session like this only now, um, I wouldn't categorize it as getting in front of something um, as much as finally taking some steps as an as a holistic entity. Um, cause I mean, let's be honest. I think most athletic departments now view NIL as under their purview and, and the collective or other organizations that, that support NIL, whether it's outside businesses or Learfield, which is internally in their shop as part of the organization. Um, so, you know, it's, um, we're, we're, we're trying to catch up, um, and so I, I think, you know, uh, you know, yeah, we're, we're, we're certainly trying to catch up in terms of what did we see post event? We saw a few donations. Um, I think that my messaging resonated. Uh, but at the same time, I think a lot of the donations came from people that were already engaged and, and donated. And so um, I think we now need to take larger step actions in order to succeed um, I, I think, um, we need folks that have large, whether it's large power, large financial contributions, large influence, um, large audiences to get involved, uh, because, um, I truly appreciate the over hundred members that we have of, of the tough fund, um, but as as you know, at Temple, a lot of times Temple leans on the same core passionate folks to do a lot of the heavy lifting. And, and that's no different with the tough fund. You know, the names that I see pop up when donations come in are the same passionate people that we we rely on that attend events and and we need to do a better job of of expanding that scope. But it starts with leadership. Um, it starts with leadership giving, um, leadership at the university to understand and embrace and educate um, and empower um, what we do. Um, and I think once we see that, if that comes to fruition, we will see a lot of expansion in a lot of other areas um, and unlocking a lot of potential. But if we don't, Potential is only as good as as putting it into practice. Um, no, and I agree with you know everything you said. It's it's kind of like seeing all the moving parts come together and kind of uh, you know do this together and do it as one. Um, and I think that Zoom call showed that you know maybe it's a step in the right direction. Um, and you know we're still kind of trying to expand on that. Like you said, get 
you know, I've texted you names of people and I think I've, you know, it's like so-and-so said they're, they're going to give you X amount of dollars tomorrow. And I, you're right. I probably text you the same five names. Um, so it's, I want to start texting you new names and new people and things like that. Um, so when we get there, uh, if we get there, hopefully sooner John, than later. Yes. 300,000 living alumni, <laughs> 300,000 living alumni. Think about this for a second. On that call, the Al Club said that there were around 2,000 members of the Al Club. 2,000. Mm -hmm. We have about 125 members of the Tough Fund. 300,000 living alumni. Fourth largest media market. Fifth or sixth largest population in the country. That should scream that there needs to be more. I agreed. Agreed. And even uh, on the NIL uh, Out Club Zoom, uh, my first thought was like, you know, how, what what are the numbers going to be for this? And I know you did both the, the East Coast and the West Coast one. I know the West Coast one was obviously a lighter number. Um, but even the East Coast one, I mean, at first I was like, all right, let's see where we're at. Um, even for that, it just a, a quick Zoom call to learn more about athletics and sports. Uh, I would, I was hoping it would be a little bit more. It wasn't terrible, but it definitely could have been a lot better. The turnout for that, um, and you know, it, it's little things like that. And we're we're trying to get there. And I've I've said this before, and I know you said it. Winning does help. And you know, we during the Matt Rule football days when we won a lot, and you saw a lot of those maybe fans that don't go to every game now. They would maybe come out for the the Penn State game, the Notre Dame game. Um, so, and, you know, with the buzz that Stan Drayton is, I think, has the football team going in and hopefully Adam Fisher has the basketball team going in. Um, I like Diane Richardson a lot. I've, I've said she's a, a fun ball of energy as well. Um, and for the she other was on the call, Diane was yeah, on the call. She was. I, I appreciate that. Going back that to something that you said, winning cure, or, or, or you said something to the effect of what winning does. Yeah. But what does winning in 2023? What is the recipe for winning? It's um, yeah. It's it's acquiring talent. It's retaining talent. Because talent ultimately wins. We've seen that in football. When we had our best talent in, in football during the Matt Rule-ish eras, we saw the NIL talent or the NFL talent that were on those teams. So how do you how do you identify qualify, acquire, and retain talent in 2023 in college athletics, just like any other industry. And so, um, you know, I mentioned this to a few folks. We've tried doing it one way in athletics at Temple for, for a few decades. And I would say, you know, based off of results, this is a results-oriented business that the results have been poor over the last few years, wins and loss, uh, season ticket holder sales, sponsorship sales, university enrollment, student engagement, all of those are on the decline. Donors, donor dollars. The NCAA has provided us an opportunity and, I, and it really can be an opportunity to change that and quickly. I mean, there, it's no secret the financial peril that the university is in right now because of a lack of enrollment. At its peak, it was over 39,000 students. In two weeks, only 
less than 31,000 are going to be enrolled at this university. That is a financial Titanic. <laughs> I, I was is. waiting for what word you're going with there. It is. Um, and we can decide if we want to be the Titanic or Ocean Gate, right? Or we can just be like, hey, maybe we don't want to get on this submarine that's controlled by a, a video game controller. <laughs> we have an opportunity, right? And so, you know, if you look back in the last 20, 30 years at what quickly and positively changed enrollment, which is our number one issue at the university, it's no shock that the John Cheney years, success in basketball, developing a national brand that was on national TV and had national success almost every year, turned our campus from a commuter-driven campus to one that now has tens of thousands of students on or around campus. When do we have 39,000 plus students enrolled? 2015, 2016, 2017? It's no shock that we had millions of eyeballs on our campus for a game against Penn State and a game against Notre Dame in football. And so you can turn a blind eye to that to those anecdotes or you can recognize how important athletic success is to a university. And so it is imperative that if we want to fix this, that NIL needs to be part of the equation and part of it quickly. Because if it's not, I mean, it's going to be some very interesting times at the university and in the athletic department over the next several years. Yeah, and I, I think you, uh, you know, more than anybody are trying to push that. And I think, you know, between um, athletics, football, basketball, uh, it seems like the coaches in on those teams, I think they understand it as well, whether they'll say it publicly or not. I think they're not, you know, they, they understand and that they need, we need all the help we can get. And if you're listening to this and you're, you know, hearing what Andy's saying, um, it's, it's just going to have to it hopefully happens, like I said, sooner than later, but it is going to, uh, you know, we need people to contribute. Um, whether it is, you know, I don't know for you, I think you said you only have one former athlete who contributes. I don't know if you said that on the Zoom yeah, call I mean, or you said that have, just to me separately. And it's a baseball have, player of all things, correct? Right. Yeah. We have a, uh, a, a generous former student athlete, a, a baseball player. That's an attorney that despite having his team cut still truly cares about the success of the university and its athletic department and particularly his basketball program. Um, other than that, we, we've we've not seen you know any engagement from a former student athlete perspective. Um, and I'm just spitballing here, and I, I doubt it's him. The only former baseball player I can think of is Connor Riley, who was actually a football player as well. So I'm I'm guessing it wasn't him. <laughs> no, um, he he probably doesn't care that I that I mentioned his name. But John Coyle um, okay. was kind of during my years at Temple, um, and. Uh, is a is a friend of of the program of, of the tough <laughs> fund if you will and so um we're hoping to evolve it you know there are some things in the works we'd love to get some former student athletes on an advisory board um along with some influential people from campus whether it's board of trustees members that um the, that, correct that me 
the board of trustees can they donate i don't yeah. know that yeah uh christy um christy bannon from uh from uh the compliance office mentioned during the um the zoom sessions last week that board of trustees members are allowed to and i will interject and encourage to participate in something like this because i think it pays like i'd mentioned previously on on how uh athletics directly impacts and indirectly impacts um, enrollment, um, which ultimately impacts the budget and the bottom line of the university and the health of the university. Um, they're, you know, they are encouraged to participate. Um, so between, you know, whether it's one of those guys stepping up, a former athlete, I mean, unfortunately, the, the Temple uh, alum on the Eagles are having a rough week with injuries. Um, but hopefully, uh, you know, if, if you know any of them, feel free to reach out to them and see what uh, they can do. Um, I know Brandon McManus just signed with the Jaguars for a couple mil. Um, and, you know, it, it's it stinks that knowing that, you know, where you're at right now um, and the university as a whole. I mean, as you said on that that Zoom call last week, there was some uh, some slides, whether it was Al Club or NIL, that really showed the uh, just how far behind we were in certain categories of donations and number of donations and the the dollar worth. So I can't re re reiterate this enough on whatever <laughs> platform I am. Yeah. Wichita State has raised close to $900,000 of a $1.2 million goal for NIL. This was this was provided publicly by their athletic director. Make and and Wichita State is just an example. Their previous athletic director was fired because he did not embrace NIL, which is is wild. Um and that was in the early stages of this wild west NIL thing, and it's, it's settled down um, to the point where an athletic director is comfortable with talking about NIL goals from external areas. Um, so that's that's someone that we compete against in basketball every year in our in our in our conference. Um, Memphis, they um, they just one of their collectives in 2022 raised, uh, I think it was almost nine hundred thousand dollars, and that was just the collective that was a five hundred one c three that's similar to us, and their information has to go public. Um, so those, those are who we compete against. And so as our fans digest all of this, and then they sit down on a Tuesday night and turn on ESPN plus and watch us play Wichita state, that is what we compete against. So if you want to compete against them on the court, your expectations also need to be as lofty off the court. And that's just not limited to basketball. That's just the best example that we have. Um, you know, it, it happens in women's basketball and in football, certainly. Um, and so, and, and, and other sports it's, you know, it's not limited. And so, uh, that is where we stand. It's a, it's a very real reality, but it's, it's one of those things where we have a very large, robust athletics budget for, for what conference we are in and who our, our peers are, but, if you're putting water into the gas tank of a Ferrari, the Ferrari isn't going anywhere. And that's where we are right now. Um, and we're, we're, we're bearing the fruits and results of what we've done in NIL over the last two years. We saw it in the win-loss record. Um, and I think you and I are both sitting here, and I don't think anybody on campus wants to continue to have those results. So how do we fix that? Well, I think there's blueprints now. Two years in, you can look around the country and see who is successful and who isn't.
who has robust NIL collectives, NIL partnerships, and who doesn't, where our former student athletes have transferred to and, and, and where they haven't. And, you know, I'm not here to invent the wheel, but I can reinvent the wheel and I can emulate who is successful really quickly. Let's do that. Let's do it as a university, uh, as a community. And staying on this uh, topic just for a little bit longer, I think it was the other day I saw, uh, I want to say it was Michigan University. They tweeted out something that they are partnered now with their one of their collectives to the point that you can, I think, basically buy a day, like going to practice and hanging out with one of the coaches. Um, so ideas like that, like you said, when it first started, it was the wild, wild west. And now everybody's kind of coming up with their own methods and theories and things that you can and can't do. Um, so things like that, I mean, you just sit on Twitter and it's, just, you know, it's, it's eye popping some of the, what collectives are doing, what athletics are doing at different schools. Um, and it's hopefully we, we start taking some of these next steps to, as you said, we, everybody on campus wants these athletics teams to succeed. It helps enrollment. It helps the people at the top and their bottom line. And, uh, we got to start taking some of the steps in the right direction. Um, and hopefully yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone that's associated with Temple Athletics over the, the long term expects us to be the first to do something, right? It just doesn't happen. But we don't have to be the last. And and I, I prefer to be proactive than reactive. Um, I want to be aggressive. Um, I, I, I use this term a lot. I want to be the one that asks why not instead of why. Why aren't we doing the things that we need to be doing to succeed? Not why do we need to do them? And so, so we need to do that. And and going back to your example at um, at Michigan, yeah, you you can shadow a coach for a day. You can meet and greet with Adam Schefter at a Detroit Lions Monday Night Football game after spending a day at Michigan football practice because he's a Michigan alum. Um, these are these are not difficult things to do, but it takes a collective in the sense of not an NIL collective, but a collective pull in the same direction from the very highest reaches of the university all the way down to the student athletes, alumni, et cetera. And um, I'm not going to bitch about the bandwidth that I have. I will do what it takes if doing what it takes gets the job done. But um, it, it takes a community to, to, to really get this thing humming. And, and so I'm hoping that that community comes together because right now to, to be frank um there are facets of the university that don't have a appetite for nil um and providing the resources necessary for it to succeed um and i think it's personally short-sighted i'm hoping that we adapt and change and recognize before it's too late that it is imperative it can't be a possibility it has to be a priority and so um, if, if that does take place, I think we're going to be in a really good spot. If not. <laughs> Hold your tongue for that one. <laughs> yeah. um, it's fun just because you just mentioned uh, it was Adam Schefter is a Michigan alum. He is. So I side comment here uh, growing up in the 90s, early 2000s, I was actually a very big wrestling fan. And the other day I watched a documentary about Stone Cold Steve Austin he played football at North Texas, who is now yeah. going to join our conference. I think he only played for like a year. He but I was just it. thinking in the in the NIL world, what if he just decided to give them, I mean, he could probably give them $5 million, 
which would just be hilarious. Imagine like North Texas football team just being really good. That was like my first thought watching the documentary. I was like, oh, I didn't know he played football there. Um, so we need, maybe we need a wrestler to come and, you know, save the day. I don't know if we have any Temple alum in the wrestling business. <laughs> uh, we we actually had a student, a former student athlete that was in their NIL, like college training campus. Uh, it was, um, oh, I can think of his name, but you're well, right. There was a Robertson. He was a defensive lineman like last year. And then Leon Azabuke, I believe, was a football player. Uh, years, one of the guys from the Al Golden years was too, I think. I think that's Leon. Okay. Who's now um, a fairly successful fitness coach out, I believe, in LA. Um, um, no, I mean, listen, it takes it. I And I've said this till I, my face turns blue. We need a champion for athletics on campus. Um, not just for NIL or for the department. We need someone that has the cachet to stand up and say, not on my watch. That's what we need. We need someone to beat the chest and say, you know, our, our athletics budget is over $50 million. That's a, that's a, that's a chunk of change when you're a, a billion dollar organization. That's 5% of your overall budget. It's probably four or 5% of the entire budget. We need a good return on investment on that money and, 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 and an increasingly good return on investment on that money because more and more, the financial state of the university is going to be scrutinized. And so yeah, I don't know, every corner of the university needs to really do its part to get this thing humming again. And athletics is no different. And so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do my part. I'm sure there's a lot of other folks that are trying to do that. And I think we just need to leave no stone unturned. And I, I we do have some positive stuff we can get to. And but these conversations, I always. I'm Listen, Sean, through. this is not, I don't want this to be a, a negative conversation. I know. Because for every, every issue is an opportunity. I mean, it really is an opportunity. You can turn around a field hockey program or a basketball program or a tennis program with one donor, one check, and, you know, one ounce of passion. And so it is an opportunity. I just don't know how many people recognize it as an opportunity. And so um, it is not all doom and gloom. It is opportunity and a timeline. I'm I'm still waiting for them to send me the email. Like we need a check for the on-campus stadium. And every time we have these conversations, I'm like, that's not coming anytime soon. That's what I'm like. Ah, we're we're still a couple of years away from that being considered again. We'll talk. You know, we got to do other stuff first and promote this stuff first and get this to where it needs to be before we can even think about my dreams and aspirations of having an on-campus tailgate at a football game on a Saturday morning. Um, but hey. I mean, you can have an on-campus tailgate on a Saturday morning, and then you just have to hop on a subway or a, a bus or an Uber or a car to get down to Lock Hay. Um, and that is that is a discussion for another time. Are you are you proposing that we have a tough fund tailgate at Leacor's Walk? Is that where we're going with this? <laughs> I, I am not, unless uh, the tailgate will have um, a ball pit for two four-year-olds <laughs> and two-year-olds. <laughs> um, as I said, there are some some good stuff to talk about. Uh, Hasir Miller is one of the guys that you work with closely. Um, for you guys who don't know, he actually he did have his name in the transfer portal. And whether you know it was you, his family, decisions that Hasir wanted to make, he did decide to return. Um, he has a couple really good things planned. What can you tell us about Hasir and what he's doing for the community? Well, I don't want to speak for Hysier, but I'm excited about the opportunity that the Tough Fund gets to partner with with a student athlete and a student in general 
that represents the temple as well as, as High Cedar does. Um, he cares about the city of Philadelphia. He cares about the university. He cares about the basketball program. Um, I think he cares about the legacy of the program. I think he cares about the legacy for himself. And it was a conversation that we had as he was going through this whole process, right? Um, you know, Temple takes care of its own. Uh, you know, the, if you look at the most recent iteration of our basketball staff, there were a lot of Temple, former Temple students and basketball players and, and student athletes that were involved in the program. And, and, and you still have that with Chris Clark and uh, Jimmy Polizzi um, and, a, and, you know, a few other people. And so, um, you know, it's a, we've had, I had discussions with him about what it means to be a four-year owl that turns into a 40-year owl. Um, that's not to say that, you know, uh, financially, uh, you know, you, you can't, you've got to remove, you, you can't remove the financial discussion out of the equation, right? Um, just, you know, like you wouldn't in your, in your profession or any of the listeners that are listening to this right now. And so, you know, just like many of the student athletes at Temple have to weigh all of, all of their, uh, all of the things that go into um, a decision on where to attend a university, um, High Sierra also had to. And, uh, you know, I think we are excited to have him still involved um, at Temple uh, with the men's basketball program as a student, as a member of the Temple community. Um, and and High Sierra is an old soul. Uh, you know, I, I I feel like sometimes I should be getting advice from him. He he is he is he is wise beyond his years, and um, it's refreshing to hear someone at at the age of twenty have perspective on life that he has. He grew up in the housing you know projects down in in South Philadelphia, the Wilson projects, um, and I think at an early age recognized that the the some of the people around him that provided him. Uh, a, an opportunity and a different trajectory in life than maybe what he was kind of engrossed in, uh, in where he grew up. And he wants to now provide that to, to other people. And so he approached us about having uh, a camp or clinic for, for, for children in the city of Philadelphia that may not have the opportunity to, to go to some of the more expensive camps and clinics that are run by bigger organizations. And he wanted to grab it by the horns and, and provide that opportunity. And, and so, you know, looking at what the Tough Funds mission is of being a charitably focused organization uh, to provide uh, various opportunities for for uh, for folks in the greater Philadelphia community, um, and to continue what the the progress that we've made, we um, we're working with, we're, we're we're formulating and have formulated a camp um, that that High Sierra will be um, headlining and spearheading. Um, we just actually had to change the date because of a, a facility conflict. So it'll be Sunday, August 27th at Crystal Ray High School. Um, students ages seven to 10 will be going from 10 a.m. to noon. And uh, from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., it'll be kids 11 to 13 in age. And uh, I guess this will be breaking news, um, but we are at capacity. Um, we're actually over 100 kids uh, for the two sessions have signed up with more than a week to go. And so we're excited about that. Um, and, you know, we have had some great uh, tough fund donors that have generously sponsored different aspects, whether it's the lunch for the day or the t-shirts or, or different, you know, uh, expenses that are associated with running a, an event like this. And so we're excited and, and, and we're excited to, to bring 
Hyseer's vision to reality. We're excited to provide opportunity um, to the, the kids of Philadelphia. We're excited to use this as a marketing tool for student athletes that are interested in coming to Temple in the future um, to say, hey, this is what you can do and achieve should you choose Temple University as your educational institution. We are not inducing you to attend Temple with NIL. Should you choose to come here, these are the type of opportunities that have taken place in the present and in, in the past. And so, and we, we plan on having them also take place in the future. And so um, we're excited. Uh, this will not be the last of the charitable ventures that will be announced in the next coming weeks. We have an exciting um, venture with a, a large national organization that is going to be partnering with one of our student athletes uh, on a national campaign, which is exciting. And we, we plan on continuing to do this because we think, we believe that this resonates with Temple alumni and donors and fans and uh, alumni that um, we have an opportunity to make an impact in the community that made an impact on us when we went to Temple. Um, I know that I grew a lot because of coming from where I came from, which is a, a small podunk town out in the middle of Berks County, Pennsylvania, and coming to, to North Philadelphia changed my view on life for the better. Um, you know, there are a lot of knocks and rubs on what North Philadelphia is and isn't. Um, and for all of those, I still believe the the overwhelmingly good that can come from um, having life experiences adjacent to and, and within Temple and North Philadelphia are, are tremendously beneficial. And so um, we're going to keep chipping away um, at, at our mission and utilizing what I feel and what I think our alumni feel are our best assets which is our student athletes and our students in general that tell a great story, come from unique backgrounds and, um, you know, and, and have great passions that they can, that they can, that they can uh, steer. And you said that camp is next Sunday at Christo Ray high school, correct? Correct. Next Sunday, uh, August 27th um, morning and afternoon session. Uh, we're excited for it. We hope that uh, they learn a little bit about basketball. They learn a little bit about life. They can see a student athlete that they can emulate, reach out to, build a relationship with, and hopefully follow in a similar path. Because I, I don't think that there's many kids from the city of Philadelphia um, that could be more possibly emulatable, if that's a word, I'm not <laughs> sure, um, than, than High Sierra. And so uh, we're, we're excited to, to, to tackle that. Um, and you said, you know, a lot of the things provided at that camp will be from, you know, the Tough Fund uh, donors. Are you guys still looking for anything for our listeners? If there's any way they can still help out? Yeah, we're still, we're still looking to offset some of the, the, the kind of ancillary costs of uh, back to school items, t-shirts, um, the lunches, um, you know, what, what doesn't get fundraised will kind of be, come from the this the general annual fund of, of the tough fund um because that is you know our mission and so we want to see it through and um and we've already had a few generous donors and we want to continue that 
Um, I think it's just an awesome cause that will will have very fruitful results in a lot of different areas. Um, and obviously, this is you know first time this year's doing it. Um, I, I hope it really goes well, and I hope you know maybe next summer he can do something very similar um, and make this kind of a yearly thing, and maybe even he can pass it down to another player because I think it it really does seem like just something very Philly Temple esque combination of the two and giving back to the community. Um, so I'm really excited that you guys are doing that and uh, you helped him set that up. Yeah, I um, I'm excited for it. I I I I think that is something that is very turnkey. Um, that you know it's obviously our first foray so you know we're i i am not in the business of organizing youth basketball camps but uh you know like i talk with everyone about there's there's an ability for the three t's right it's time talent and treasure so um some people can give their money to help support this event some people can give their time sean you haven't mentioned it but you're gonna actually come and assist in um, you know, maybe some operational things, uh, some, you know, you have a basketball background and so, uh, some, some talent, some time and some treasure, uh, everybody can, can be involved. And I think, you know, like I mentioned previously, 300,000 living alumni of this university, that's a powerful number. If we harness that power. Um, no, that's great. And as you mentioned, I, I am going to show up and help out in any various way possible, I uh, will do my best to not go all out on the kids. I'm assuming they're, you know, 10 year olds aren't six foot two like myself. So I'll, I'll, you don't take, know it that. I'll take it easy on them. Although I do wear a knee brace now when I play and I am afraid if I get crossed up, I might, you know, be on the DL for a little bit. So we'll see how hard I can go at that early in the morning against kids who are now one third of my age. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can promise you one thing. You will not see me on the basketball court. I, uh, <laughs> COVID zapped any basketball game that I had. I uh, laced them up at LA Fitness after everything kind of opened back up and quickly realized that I was indeed a 38-year-old, well, now 38 as of last week, 30-something-year-old chubby short dude that should probably stick to racquetball or golf or, I don't know, checkers or something that's a little less <laughs> physically strenuous because, man... Um, it's very humbling when all of a sudden you look around and there's no one guarding you when you're on offense, you're like, Oh no, I'm that guy. And it's just like, that's it. That's yeah. how you know. <laughs> um, Andy, I do want to talk a little bit of football um, as that season is approaching um, for those who I'm sure you saw all the uh, Instagram, Twitter posts. Um, they did announce a couple of the sin single digits, which is the tradition that um, has been with Temple for about 15 years now, since Al Golden was here. Um, where they, you know, the players this year uh, elected uh, players they call Temple Tough and emulate Temple. Um, were any of those surprising to you or exciting for you? I think EJ Warner was the one everybody kind of knew. Um, but, I, I mean, just based off going through the list, how, what did you think of that? Yeah, no, I um, all of those names make sense, right? Um, and, you know, I'm sure there's other kids on, on the team that, that think that they should belong and I hope that that gives them some positive reinforcement and um, I hope that they make Akron pay for it. You know, the, <laughs> the, the first week of the year. Um, it's just an awesome tradition. Uh, it's something that I, I think is our best tradition at Temple. Um, I agree. I think it 100 percent something. Agree. I think it really means something. It's something that we all look forward to, to see who kind of gets the payoff 
um, after a, a, a long off season. Um, I think the kids actually like, they really get it. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's reinforced in the building every day. You walk by and see who the previous people were. You saw, you know, you, the, you hear the different paths. I think it's really cool that they have former uh, single digit members come back via zoom when they make those announcements. Um, because it is something in the, in the present day where culture can be built up and torn down in the blink of an eye with transfer portal, developing a, a culture and a familial um, feel around a program is wildly important. And so uh, I'm happy for, for all those guys. Um, uh, Jalen McMurray is, is a, a, t- a tough fun um, student athlete. And he was a single digit last year, single digit again this year, is a wonderful kid. Um, and we're excited about partnering with him on, on some things um, moving forward uh, and, and hope to partner with more student athletes as, as hopefully um, funding allows. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's just an absolutely wonderful tradition. Yeah. And um, I think even like Kurt Warner tweeted about it, like seeing him tweet about his son getting it. And he said, this is a great tradition that Temple does. And he was happy that, you know, EJ was able to get it. Um, so yeah, all those guys, Ian Stewart was the one that I was really excited to get. Cause I know last year he got, he had some promising moments, then he got hurt pretty early on in the season. So for him to come back, uh, last year, he transferred in from Michigan state. So to only play in a couple of games, uh, with this team and get a single digit, uh, like that, that was, uh, something I was, I'm excited for. And I'm, I'm hoping he has a, a good breakout season as being one of the, the wide receivers who, uh, EJ can, you know, rely on, especially, you know, they're in the end zone or on a, a important third down situation or fourth down situation. Um, what, what are your thoughts going into this football season? We'll end it with that. Um, you know, expectations for you. I had Stan on a couple of weeks and I think he, he really just has him going in the, the right direction. And, uh, I, I want to get your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously I, I, everybody has a, a, a game plan, promise until you get punched in the mouth right I think Mike Tyson said that I have not seen them practice you know I try and stay away from the preseason reports right because a lot of them you don't see a lot of practice you don't know who they're going against when um I'm excited uh I kind of do this every year where as I get closer and closer I talk myself into more and more wins I think a bowl game is the goal yeah Uh, Bowl is the goal, you know, and build <laughs> off of last year. Um, I, you know, I want to see a, you know, things that I'd like to see are a more cohesive and um, healthy and um, forceful offensive line. And I think Coach Wees, you know, usually gets that done. Um, you know, I'd like to see a, a better run game, which I usually think come is 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 from a a, a, a good. I think everything starts with the offensive line, and so. Um, as a former five foot eight offensive center in high school, you know, uh, I think that's where it begins and ends, uh, in terms of your success on offense. And then, you know, being able to do that allows you to throw the ball more off of a run game and and vice versa. And having, I, I, you know, I love that we have some depth at tight end, um, and some intriguing pieces at wide receiver. And then, uh, I'll be interested to see like how we replace Darian Varner on the defensive line and, and, and what shakes out there. And, um, we obviously have some pretty talented linebackers and guys off the edge and, um, some, some depth at corner and safety and some experience there. And, um, 
But at the end of the day, what the hell do I know? Because I couldn't name one player on the majority of the teams that we're going to play against this year. I mean, <laughs> you and I both probably can't name a player on North Texas or Florida Atlantic. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's and it's just the reality of it, right? And you don't, and, and the transfer portal happens at so many schools that even if a school was really good last year, I don't follow it enough to know who and how, you yeah. know, UTSA's roster, sh you know, shook out from, from last year. And so like put the ball down and let's, and let's, let's go um, and beat Rutgers. Cause. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that with, you know, the conference realignment thing and the uh, transfer portal. I really don't know a lot of these players. Hold on, I think hold on a second. Sean, are you, are you saying that conference realignment is still taking place? Uh, well, I think officially it can't, for the next year, I think yesterday was like the deadline day. But yes, I've heard some rumors that it is uh, it is happening. Uh, I, I hope Temple eventually falls under the uh, the scope of it. Uh, is it is it me? And I, I hate saying this out loud, but every time these discussions come up, does it seem like we don't actually have a president, or is that just like me? Like I feel like we haven't had a president. Like we have an interim one right now, but we don't have an actual standing president. And I'm seeing all these tweets about like, oh, the presidents of certain schools have met. And I'm really like last time conference realignment was this big. I don't think we had a, a president then either. Or we didn't have an athletic director. I feel like we're always missing well, a key I'll, component I'll somehow. <laughs> When's the last time we had a permanent president that wasn't interim, afraid to make a public comment, or, or um, wasn't being uploaded or downloaded out of the place. Uh, I think it was Neil Theobald, right? Yeah. After Neil, uh, President Englert was interim acting, interim, you know, like whatever. Um, and uh, Jason Wingard was basically in turmoil for the majority of his short-lived tenure here um and right now we have dr epps who has institutional knowledge but yes yeah, she she has made it publicly known that she has no interest in, in being in the full-time for going forward president um they have not announced the search for a new president um i have not heard anything regarding that and so yeah um we have not had leadership actively publicly speak about our conference situation yet. Um, and so, yeah, uh, they say that no news is good news. Uh, I don't feel that way. Um, ultimately, I don't think no matter what shakes out with the, the pack four over the next year um, will be the final straw. Uh, I, I think that, the bigger conferences will still ultimately absorb the cream of the remaining uh, lower tier. You know, I, I don't, I don't envision Florida state, Clemson, Miami, uh, North Carolina, Virginia, staying in the ACC um, uh, where they go, big 10 sec, something like that. I think the big 12, I think all those schools yeah. are very happy. Who uh, who the heck saw that? The Big Twelve is now like a it, four years ago the, it was the other way around conference. <laughs> yeah, four um, years ago and, and, and a and a and a great football conference. Mm -hmm. um, and so ultimately, um, 
I don't know what the hell is going to happen. Um, all of all of the stuff that is on Twitter is just shit thrown against the wall. It really, oh, I know. I don't take any of it um, as as serious. Um, one day we're going to wake up and find out that we're either playing against Stanford and Oregon State in something, or we're not. Um, and and that's going to either be a very pleasant or harsh wake up. Um, and so, you know, I would hope that the university is doing its best to put ourselves in the best position financially, uh, athletically, conference wise. Um, so I hope for the best. Um, well, like you said, all the things on Twitter, you see, God, you, you can't take that. It's just, it's people literally just trying their best to guess. Nobody knows really. It seems like, um, but We'll see. Hopefully, uh, we we do wake up and we we're playing one of the the big schools. My dream is somehow the ACC comes calling, but right now I I don't you know realistic. Sean is saying that's not happening. Um, Andy, this was fun. I appreciate you coming on, taking time out of your day to always talk Temple um, athletics and what we need to do to uh, improve it. www.tuff-fund.com we will take gifts as low as $1 or seven-figure gifts. Thank you <laughs> for you, your time. Do you take checks, cash, Venmo, all of the above? Bitcoin, Dogecoin. Uh, yeah, uh, any coin, really. Well, Andy, thank you. And hopefully the people, they come calling you and they, they give you as much as they can. Um, but again, thank you for all of this. And uh, go Owls, right? Go Owls. Thanks, guys, and as always, I'll be back.